Welcome to Rams Up, a Los Angeles Rams podcast. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We cover other SoCal sports news of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Greetings, Ram fans. Welcome back to Rams Up, your Los Angeles Rams podcast. This is episode 12 of season two. This is our Monday morning drop. We are going to have a Thursday drop as well. My special assistant is going to join me to educate us about some players he loves in the NFL draft. And don't forget, next week, we have our draft roundtable with Paul Walia and Tom Kortz discussing all things NFL draft, especially with respect to the Rams. That should be a blast. This episode, I am going to share with you a conversation between the host of the 49ers Rush podcast, John Chapman, and one of my regular guests, Tom Kortz. Tom is going to try to explain to the 49er faithful how the Rams system works, how Les Needs strategy works, and why it can be successful. How the Rams' approach to trading away picks and having such a top-heavy roster, how can that be a path to success and, most importantly, a sustainable strategy to success over the long term? Can the Rams continue to put a good product on the field year after year after year with this strategy. So Tom's going to lay it all out for everybody, making the argument that the Rams will continue to be successful over the objections of many, I'm sure. But that's going to be fun. And I want to thank John for letting us share that on our podcast. Nice to have some cooperation with our rivals in the NFC West. Get some Ram notes out of the way here before we get to that. Matt Gay and Trevan Howard have both signed their free agent tender, so both of them are back for sure. The Rams have released cornerback Kareem Orr, which just makes it more evident to me that the Rams are going to go cornerback in this draft, if not once, twice. Right now they're rolling with Jalen Ramsey, David Long, Grant Haley, who I actually like, Robert Rochelle, and Tyler Hall. So there are still some veterans out there on the market. Stephon Gilmore is not one of them, but I suspect the Rams are going to draft at least one cornerback. I would make a pretty heavy wager on that, but less need. Very hard to predict what he's going to do. This seems very obvious to me, though. And back to Gilmore. He signed a two-year deal with the Colts, $23 million, $14 million guaranteed, The Rams were waiting till after the draft to sign him, perhaps, because at that point he would not be part of the comp pick calculations. If they had signed him now, it would have cost the Rams likely a fifth-round comp pick. But Gilmore wasn't willing to wait. On with the Colts. Good team. He's going to help them a lot. Rams are still in the mix for Tyran Matthew, apparently, as well as OBJ. 
Matthew, that signing would definitely occur after the draft, but there will be other suitors still. I'm not convinced the Rams need Matthew. I mean, they need a cornerback is what they need. But I'm not going to say no to the Honey Badger. Les Snead knows what he's doing. I wanted to bounce over to NBA basketball. Haven't done that in a while. I think it's worth mentioning. A lot of talk about a midseason basketball tournament. They're playing games have been so exciting and so successful. Fans love it. And it got a lot of people thinking, why don't we do a midseason one-and-done basketball tournament? And the more I think about it, I think it would be really exciting. How would it work? So you take the two conference leaders, they get a bye. The other 28 teams play in, one-and-done, leaving 14, 14 plus the other two, that's 16. And then you just got March Madness all over again. One and done. All these games would be played at one place, so you could reseed after each round if you want it. And when do you hold it? Right after the Super Bowl. You could actually start it the Saturday before the Super Bowl, the 14 games. And then every other day after that, Monday, Wednesday, Friday type of thing. Uh, what a spectacle that would be. Opening games on big cash payout to the winner, and then they get playoff points, points towards making the playoffs. I'm not going to work through those details. That could be the complicated part of it, but there's a cash earning for the players, and then it eases their path to the playoffs if you win it, or maybe even the runner-up as well. So that's really exciting to me. I'd love to see it. A one-and-done February madness for the NBA. I'd be watching, that's for sure. So we'll be back in a minute. We are going to have that discussion between John Chapman of the 49er Rush podcast and our own Tom Courts. The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the first round of action with DraftKings Sportsbook. At DraftKings Sportsbook, All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. get into that discussion between John Chapman of the 49ers Rush podcast and our own Tom Courts. Hope you enjoy it. All right. Welcome to another edition of the 49ers Rush podcast. I'm your host as always, John Chapman, and I have a wonderful guest with me today. And y'all are in for a treat. Uh, It's a peek behind enemy lines with uh, Tom Courts of the Rams beat. Tom, how's your day going, man? 
Hey, great, man. Thanks for having me. Any any day we're talking Rams Niners, is a, it's a good day, right? I mean, we're in the middle we're, of the offseason and the dog days leading up to the draft. It's exciting, but but uh, boy, we get a chance to, to talk to each other about these great teams. And we're so lucky, right? We have this great window right in front of us, both teams. And, you know, the Rams got over the hump last year and the Niners finally, you know, so it, it's a, I love doing it. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thankful that, you know, we're not like the Seattles and Arizonas of the situation. Like we're sitting there, you know, it's just different. And the rivalry between these two teams, it could last for a very, very long time with the young coaches, the way these rosters are built and all those things. And that's going to be kind of the focus that we're going to do today that we're going to focus on is the difference between the 49ers and Rams and how they build the rosters. Are they sustainable moving on? And this whole pairing got started because Tom reached out to me. We were talking and I, I made a joke. I made a bad joke, uh, which Tom <laughs> didn't like. And I love it. So that's where we're going to start because I compared and stop me if I if I'm wrong here. I compared the Rams roster building to the movie The Wolf of Wall Street, uh, the, the Jordan Belfort story, where like the first half of the movie he gets away with everything and he's breaking the law and he's living this life of luxury, and then the second half of the movie everything comes crashing to a halt. So Tom, man, take me to court uh, and and tell me why I am wrong and why this roster that the Rams keep trading is sustainable. Yeah, so it's a it's a different kind of a strategy, and um, I don't think they certainly don't take any uh, credit for inventing it or uh, maybe evolving it a little bit or maybe taking it to an extreme. But yeah, I'll just take you through the the basics of the uh, of the strategy. So the strategy is based upon the concept of being extremely top heavy and extremely bottom heavy. So they pay big money to the players at what they deem to be high leverage positions, and that's the key is that there's positions that are high leverage positions and then really limit compensation at what they deem to be the low leverage position. So on each side of the ball, there's like three high leverage positions. So on, on defense, the three high leverage positions are defensive line, getting to the quarterback, right? Aaron Donald, Sean Robinson, his backup. He's the, you know, the guy that really put the kibosh in the middle there. Uh, is that third defensive lineman in the Super Bowl did a great job. And of course at edge, we have Leonard Floyd pay a lot of money to uh, doesn't, you know, kind of an unsung hero on that line because of Aaron Donald. And then when Von Miller came over the same thing, the edge was, a you know, paying some big money um, and then cornerback right. with Jalen Ramsey. So those are the three high leverage positions on defense. And of course the, the other two, the safety and inside linebacker or low leverage positions where you have essentially entirely, uh, you know, uh, players on, on rookie deals. Uh, and then there's the one exception. Everybody's going to ask, well, what about Bobby Wagner? And, you know, there's are always going to be exceptions to the rule. And this is a guy that they felt like, Hey, get a, you know, this, this you know, great, fantastic player leader um, and stud for 9 million a year for a couple of years. Let's do it. Yeah. And I, I and you know, it's funny because my, my inbox blows up. Why can't we get Wagner? How could they, can, <laughs> and I, and I, I had to tell people like, dude grew up here like he's a southern california kid yeah. like this is going home for him at the end of his career like it makes sense um now it, and i i would argue this too because i i love what you said about all the premier top level highest paid players that you guys have there's not a lot of middle grade there and this is probably mm -hmm. the most common critique of the rams is that man if there's an injury or two what happens yeah. Like, what do they do there? 
Yeah. So then they uh, just just to just to finish up real quick on the offensive side, and then we'll dive into that. Oh but yeah, obviously sorry. At, uh, on offense, there's quarterback. Obviously, everybody's high leverage position: Matthew Stafford, wide receiver Cooper Cup, sign Allen Robinson, maybe bring OBJ back, um, and then of course offensive tackle, which is another high leverage position for most most teams as well. So um, Andrew Whitworth obviously was highly paid. Uh, Joe Noteboom got paid thirteen million to replace him. Rob Havenstein is a, you know one of the stud uh, right tackles in the league, and he makes nine million. So and then of course the the all the rest of the, the uh, positions, interior offensive line, um, all rookie deal guys last year that started uh, running back, all rookie deal guys. Uh, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Sonny Michelle, et cetera. And then tight end, there's the exception with Higby at about $8 million. And then there's, you know, Munt. There was Munt. He's gone. Blanton, Bryce Hopkins, who had a big Super Bowl. Um, guys like that. So there's really the there's the haves and the have-nots, if you will, or you can call them the the top-heavy and the and the complementary right. players. There's a lot of names for them, but, but that's the structure of it. But just to address your question, the, the Rams have to stock up on – guys that are on rookie deals that can contribute right away. That's the secret sauce because it's easy to go out and trade away all your, you know, first and Which second we've seen round them draft do. picks. Yeah, that's what they've done. They, they trade, they traded away, you know, they traded away their first round you know, for 2016 uh, for goth. They gave up two seconds and a third in 16 and then a first and a third in 17. Uh, Brandon cooks 2018 gave up their, 2018 first round pick to the Patriots. 2019, even when they had a first round pick, albeit it was the 31st pick, they traded out of the first round to take a second and a third. And the Ramsey trade gave up the first round picks for 2020 and 2021. And Stafford uh, after that, 2022 and 2023, first round pick gone. And so that's what they do. Uh, you know, it's but a lot of people would say, well, it's easy to trade all your picks away for a star and then pay him a ton of money. And um, I would agree with that. It, it's not that hard to do it. And you don't hit on it all the time. And Goff and Cooks were bad deals, right? And um, but Ramsey and Stafford were great deals. So, uh, but the, that's the easy part. The hard part is the second part of the equation. In order to pay for those guys, you can't pay anyone else. Yeah. And you have to find a ton of guys that can contribute right away. And um and so, you know, that's that's really the uh, the secret sauce. And they have a, a strategy for doing that. Uh, and they've done it and they've been successful um, at, at doing it. I mean, last year, the Rams had 10 players on rookie deals that played over half the snaps. More than and they're not high end draft picks either. And, the no, and they're all low. They're all low draft picks. Play. <laughs> they're all yeah. low. They're all third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys. Right. And then and then they had another 10 players on rookie deals that played between 20% and 50% of the snaps. So that's 20 guys that played more than 20 snaps. And a lot of them were starters at those key positions or backups, or then you had your, you know, you had your, uh, your guys like, uh, uh, you know, Williams who was starting at corner and Van and Jefferson who was another receiver, even some of the guys that surround the, uh, the studs at some of those high leverage right. positions. So obviously the draft is incredibly important and, stocking up on those late round picks is is really key and then selecting people that uh you know they're not they don't have to have star potential they, right. they don't have to have high ceilings they just need to be solid and have a byproduct of that as you saw the rams second year in a row they didn't go to the they didn't go to the uh combine 
They just focus yeah. They don't even <laughs> imagine like one of the worst jobs or needless jobs ever is like scouting your scouting department for the Rams. Yeah. <laughs> and again, if you look at the draft this year, I think this is interesting because it not only backs up what you just said, but it's they're extending it again. They do not have one pick in the top 100. Now they have a lot mm-hmm. of picks. They have a lot of picks. Eight picks. They have, yeah, they got eight picks. They got three picks in the sixth round and two picks in the seventh round. Um, yeah, third, but, a fourth, a fifth. And five of the eight picks, this is the key, right? I mean, if you say you trade away the picks. A lot of those trades that I just rambled off for the last five years, and by the way, McVay has never made a first-round pick since he's been the coach of the Rams, since he's been a head coach. That's an, an interesting stat. I think a lot of people know that. But um, but they also trade away. I didn't even mention some of the fourth-rounders and sixth-rounders that they that they gave up. In some of those, uh, in some of those trades as well. So the key thing is uh, to stock up on these late round uh, picks in the draft. They really rely on comp picks. So this is probably the biggest similarity between our two teams, yeah, the 49ers and Rams, because the 49ers are great at the comp pick equation. The Rams, y'all are getting four comp picks. Um, the 49ers would have got four, but we traded one away as well. But we also had the coaching hiring thing, which I think you guys did as well. Yeah, we uh, had a, a yeah, 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 we had a um, we got a third rounder this in this draft. Our third round pick comes from Brad Holmes, who is an exec in the front office, Correct. being hired as the uh, as the GM of the Lions. So I got to ask you this question, and this this scares the death out of me, Tom. Like as a Rams podcaster, do you even like do draft? Like podcast, is that even like a thing? <laughs> we, it's so funny, yeah. We, I, <laughs> you would go and look at all these mock drafts and try and analyze, get all these analysts, right? I mean, because there's so many great, great uh, uh, draft analysts and great draft podcasts. I mean, it just I try and listen to them all, and you know, there's just love it, I love it. I can't get enough of it, but so rarely I have to turn it. I have to go to the very end. Like yesterday I was listening to one and they were covering cornerbacks, which is one of our two big positions of need: cornerback uh, to replace Darius Williams and um, interior offensive line, right. To replace Corbett. So, uh, so I'm trying to find out where are we going to get these guys in the, you know, and our third round pick, it really isn't even a third round pick. It's a, it's, you know, yeah, it's, the four, it's like the beginning yeah. of the fourth round. Cause it's at the end so far deep in the end of the third, but so I'm, and you know, I have to go to the end of the podcast where they, everybody has their segment of sleepers, right? So I listen to the last 10 <laughs> minutes of every job. It's like, what are the sleepers? You, maybe you can find some value late in the draft and that's, yeah, that's where we live. Some of the kind of beef I get is, man, we don't have the 49ers don't even have a first rounder this year, man. It's hard. It's hard to get excited for the draft. Well, we're picking 61. We've got three picks in the top 105. And I'm like, hey, man, it's different now. And I'm just going to put this up there. This is what Steven put out there. And he wants to say, OK, but who did the Rams lose this offseason? Um, and does that make a big difference? Yeah, I mean, they they lose people every year. That's part, That's part of, of the system. Do part of the system right i mean yeah. this year uh uh you know we lost uh, darius williams austin corbett was a starter sebastian joseph day who got hurt and but he at the beginning of the year he was a he was you know obo Ronco. those guys were two big studs before von miller on the edge before von miller got there um so you know they 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 they're used to losing players that's part of it that's the only way you get comp picks is that when you let yeah. guys on rookie deals walk and it could be anybody, but for the Rams, it's mostly the rookie deal guys that they let them walk and uh, you get the comp picks. And then, of course, you don't, you can't. The other half of that is you can't sign guys 
to offset that, right? And But you um, don't have the money for that because you're attributing that to your top allocated players already. Right. Well, or we sign a guy like uh, uh, Allen Robinson, right? And he offset Von Miller walking in free agency. But it doesn't matter because you can only get four comp picks. Yeah. And we already had four. We had five. So, and what um, people don't know either, Bobby Wagner doesn't count because right. he wasn't a free agent. He was released. So that doesn't, right. that's excluded from the comp pick. Right. There's uh, two exclusions. There's the guys that free agents that are cut aren't, don't have an offset. And then the, and then the other thing, which everybody should get excited about all around the league. And a lot of people don't seem to know this. Everybody's why aren't all these free agents, these existing free agents, uh, you know, like the honey badger, uh, Matthew and, 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 you know, some of these other guys who are still out there that are great free agents, why aren't they being signed? Well, the, re- the reason is because if you sign them now, you lose, you get a comp pick offset. But yep. the comp pick offset goes away after the draft. So the Monday after the draft, and you, you, go, you go sign any of those existing free agents uh, whose contracts expired, no more comp pick offset. So right after the draft, that's why there's an enormous amount of activity around the remaining free agents. Yeah, and the the rounds of the free agency, you get all of your highly sought off players first with the big contracts. Then the second round is all right. Let's get our cheap guys to keep our books balanced. And then the third wave is after the draft, which you spoke of. There's right. still so many studs out there: Stephon Gilmore, Honey yeah. Badger, uh, Will Fuller. Like you, every single position, there are quality players available. You just have to wait because again, teams like the 49ers, teams like the Rams are very forward looking with how they're going to again build their roster and comp picks both of our teams you know and again if you just look across the nfl the patriots have made a killing doing this uh last year was the one year where they kind of (laughs) like threw that out the window but they were back in it this year where they're letting players go so uh, i want to go back to this question that steven had yeah and in your very unbiased opinion tom (laughs) i am my 100%. (laughs) Did the Rams roster improve, stay the same, or get worse this this offseason so far? So far, it's gotten worse. Uh, And um, because if you just look, go down the list, and, you know, quarterback is the same, running back's the same. Uh, uh, We picked up Allen Robinson, but lost uh, Robert Woods and and Odell Beckham Jr. We lost, obviously, to, to injury for a lot of the year, even if we do resign him. Uh, so you could consider that a wash. I have a, a, a super excited about Allen Robinson as a, a, our most uh, Rams fans that um, tight end stayed the same, but the offensive line is the big difference to me. I mean, Joseph Nopun, we have a ton of, I paid him $13 million a year and for uh, three years, a ton of uh, excitement and confidence in him. He, he showed up every time he had a chance, every time he was given the opportunity. So um, repla- but replacing Whitworth, you know, who knows? Uh, and, and, and he's young. So, uh, and then we re-signed Brian Allen, but didn't replace Austin Corbin. It's a big deal, right? Didn't replace uh, our, uh, um, our right guard. And we're right now we have a backup center, Coleman Shelton slated to replace him. So that's a big hole and a negative. Uh, and then on the defensive line was a, a wash um, at edge obviously Von Miller gone. Right. So now we're, and, and a lot of people say, Oh, well, the Rams had, you know, just as many sacks before Von got there, but Obo Rocco was a big part of that. He, he, we let him go for a comp pick. He signed with Houston. Uh, so kind of down to the, uh, bare bones there. Leonard Floyd on one side is, is a lock 
And then, you know, some other guys that we have a lot of confidence in Justin Hollins, Terrell Lewis, Chris Garrett, et cetera. But um, inside linebacker, obviously a big upgrade. I mean, that was our worst position by far last year. Troy Reader was a yeah. disaster. Everybody it, it, ate him alive. And you guys, every did. time we played you guys, that's where we attacked, whether it's oh, a run game or pass oh, game. Like it was oh, that position was every bad. single time. And then uh, to top it off, our, our uh, rookie deal guy, or our rookie was actually a, a, a first year rookie, you know, Ernest Jones, did a great job, but he was hurt a lot. And um, so Trayvon Howard stepped in and did a good job. We signed him on a, uh, he was an exclusive rights free agent. Um, but, uh, you know, that's pulling in Wagner was a, a huge, uh, huge deal there for us. Cornerback uh, lost Darius Williams, haven't signed anybody. Uh, have another uh, guy that was got a ton of playing time, Dante Dion. He's still an unsigned free agent. Now I'm hoping he comes back. Uh, we don't know. I haven't heard a lot about him. So we have um, Jalen Ramsey and uh, who knows, you know, Robert Rochelle, right. David Long. We'll see. Right. Um, I expect a, uh, uh, the, in the interior offensive line and the, and the cornerback position to be key, um, you know, key focuses of our, um, <laughs> you know, third and fourth round picks, fifth round picks. Right. I love it. Safety, safety is just, you know, the same guys, Jordan Fuller, Taylor Rapp, Nick Scott, again, a bunch of guys on, on rookie deals that are balling out um, with even with a deep bench, Terrell Burgess and some others. So uh, yeah, so there's a couple of holes. Um, I don't think we got better like per se at any position except for inside linebacker, which is a big one. Um, but uh, we did take a, a step back in the, on the offensive line and at cornerback and those uh, need to be addressed. You know, I think it's, you know, I did a whole, I went through every single NFC West team and contracts lost and contracts brought in yeah. all four NFC West teams were graded negative the entire division. It got worse. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Um, Seattle by far, I think they got worse out of any team in the entire NFL. They have just uh. completely just, yeah, I, and I'll be honest with you, nothing makes me happier because the Seattle Seahawks have owned the 49ers yeah. since Russell Wilson's arrived. So like me, in the back of my mind, I'm like, ooh, that's like two extra divisional wins. And again, I know I'm counting my chickens before they hatch. Yeah. But like that's the excitement level. You guys have played Seattle relatively well. You're not like us. Yeah, but we were owned by a different team in the division. <laughs> mm, I wonder who that was. So, I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. But the, the uh, you know, just going back to this, obviously this is pre-draft. And whereas uh, even though the Rams have don't have a first or a second rounder and this, you know, really late 102, you know, three-digit, you know, third rounder, uh, there's still a lot of reliance on that as I kind of just went over. So, um, you know, it's still early. There's still a lot of free agent activity to take place. And I'm not, uh, you know, people say, well, the Rams get better or worse or did, you know, any of these teams. Uh, it's it's not over yet. And um, I do expect that the Rams will uh, come out of this going into camp and going into the uh, preseason with a roster that was as strong or stronger than last year. So um, while right now, as it sits, it isn't and there's some holes to fill. Uh, I think they will fill them and not just through the draft, but through other free agent signings, maybe some trades and so forth. I like it. I like it. Steven asked this question. He says, John, do you think it'll be the Niners Rams in the next season NFC championship again? I, I want it to be that. I want to play you guys three times a year. I live in Los Angeles. And so it's my backyard as well, which is fun. But I, I could say this. If we're looking at NFC power rankings, 
I have a very difficult time putting anybody ahead of either the Rams or the 49ers. Do you agree, Tom? I agree. I, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, everybody, Tom Brady comes back and all of a sudden this team that was completely out of it is now all just, you know, all of a sudden top contender again. And, you know, they lost a lot of guys and I know they brought back some of those, you know, some of them when Tom Brady came back and whatnot, but anyway, I'm not sold on them. Uh, Green Bay. I mean, you guys took them down when they had, you know, their receiving core intact and now they don't. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, who knows how motivated Aaron Rodgers is going to be. Um, so I, I, I think the NFC is certainly wide open. Uh, and you know, if I, if you had, if I, you, you said pick two teams that are going to be in the NFC championship, I think it's the Rams and the Niners. So I yeah. agree with your, uh, I agree with your guy. And now we got to play the games, you know, and, and that's going to be the fun thing. Now, who who do you want that home opener to be? You guys were the Super Bowl winner, so you get that Thursday home opener. Uh, you've seen the schedule. Is there a team that kind of sticks out to you that you really – because it's been mentioned that, hey, it could be the Niners getting that Thursday uh, game in L.A., but is there another team that you're like, ooh, I really hope they bring this one for the season opener? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I could be – I think they could feature some of those uh, uh, they could feature some of those AFC West NFC West games. I think there's a lot of really attractive games in there and they would love nothing more than to lead off the year featuring the two best divisions in the, you know, each of the different conferences the AFC West is obviously stacked and, uh, and they're, you know, who we get to play as the NFC. We all get to play uh, all of them once. So uh, you guys get to see Russ again. Old, <laughs> no, your, old, <laughs> your old buddy. We can't get rid of him, man. We can't get rid of him. <laughs> so maybe the Chargers. I don't know. I mean, the Rams Chargers. I don't know. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a, the Chargers are one of my favorite, and they are. I say this every year. I feel like um, one of just like they seem primed to make a decent run, and then of course their whole division just goes ham in the off season and bringing in all these crazy people and whatever else. But yeah, the AFC West. Now I have felt for probably the past two to three years the NFC West was the prominent division in the NFL. I don't think we could say that anymore, um, and the fact that we get to play them. Uh, all those games, that's going to make it even more fun. So we're going to yeah, get they're to see. just top to bottom, right? We have we have yeah. Seattle, and um, I still think uh, I still think Arizona will show up, but um, especially they, early in the season, especially in the season, and people think they fold. It's not what happens; they just don't have depth. I mean, I think your uh, you know your your guy earlier asked about that in terms of um, you know what happens when people get hurt or whatever. Well, the Rams have have always had depth; they had fantastic depth last year. A lot of guys stepped up, and even in the Super Bowl, you saw it. We had our fourth string tight end, you know, caught four passes. Fourth string guy, right? Um, so there was a lot of uh, obviously there was the COVID stuff and a lot of injuries, but uh, with with uh, Arizona, they just get a few injuries and it is over. I mean, you get you lose Hopkins. And uh, they lost a couple of their cornerbacks and it was curtains. I mean, he had nobody yeah. behind him and it's Kyler Murray or bust. And, and that's why he got so frustrated. Uh, but yeah, they just don't have the depth. So if they stay healthy, uh, you know, I think they will be contenders, but Seattle's a mess. And, and uh, uh, you know, we did that, that round table with you. I think you, yeah, you came on as our, San Francisco. That was guy. a fun episode. But and and did, real uh, quick, can you let the, I, I apologize. I didn't do this very well. Can you let everybody know where they can find your stuff? Because you put out some great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's Rams up, uh, LA Rams up podcast. Um, and I uh, find it on all the podcast stations, uh, 
and uh, I'm on. It's actually Mark Burns' podcast. I'm on there a lot with him, uh, and uh, you know, sort of a, a de facto co-host. But we, yeah, you know, we do a lot of so we we did the roundtable with with you of the 49ers, and then we also did one um, with the uh, with Arizona and with Seattle. So we covered those as well, three days in a row. I think they dropped last week, and um, so yeah, really good stuff. A really in-depth look at our entire uh, at our entire NFC West and. Um, I think we all, I think we all ought to do more of that, right? We, we play each other and, and we get into our little bubbles, but uh, having these kinds of conversations, I just love it. Yeah. I think it's beneficial because we get the outside looking in, but you know, with the amount of time that I spend on the 49ers roster and film and stats and all those things, you just develop an appreciation and a knowledge of these things. And, you know, talking with you, Tom, like, again, I've learned things like I've, I don't like the things I've learned, I'll be honest, uh, but <laughs> I have learned things. Um, so it, one more question that I want, and I asked you this earlier, but I left your podcast thinking, I don't know. And so I wanted to rephrase this question. Your head coach, Sean McVay, he's incredible. Uh, yeah. By far one of the best, if not, you know, he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. I think everybody would agree with that. Would you put the over disciple of a sorry to interrupt, but a disciple yeah. of obviously comes comes right off of your guy, right? And uh and uh you know, until the championship game, your guy it was uh mentor Six owned own disciple. Row. Yeah. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, that's okay. You want to interrupt you and praise Kyle Shanahan. You do that anytime. <laughs> now, would you put the over under on four years? Less or more, if you had to bet, how long will Sean McVay stay the head coach for the Los Angeles Rams? Well, I will answer a question with a question. Oh, a philosopher. How long? Well, it's a it's a it's a it's a dead <laughs> giveaway. How long will Matthew Stafford be yeah. our quarterback? I I think we uh, I pegged I pegged Sean McVay. He'll be there as long as Stafford is. Those guys see eye to eye and love each other and love, you know, coaching each other, obviously rap. I mean, cup's going to be around, um, you know, Donald signing a new deal. So there's these key players that'll be there, but Stafford's the key. I mean, the, the pain that he went through trying to coach a team quarterback by Jared Goff, he would have quit if he hadn't got another quarter. I, I honestly believe he wouldn't do it anymore. And he would have gone straight to the booth. Uh, it was no fun for him at all. He's having a blast now, and that's why he stayed. He would have got to pay a lot of more money, yeah. and he stayed. So uh, he stayed because he loves it, and he's having a great time. And uh, I think the Rams, uh, I think his his fate is tied to uh, Stafford. So if Stafford's around another five years or something like that, I mean, he just signed his deal for, for uh, I think, for four, uh, maybe five. Um, but you know how those deals get redone. But um, I think that that's the answer to your question. I think he will leave a lot earlier than your average head coach. He's not going to be Bill Belichick or Andy Reid or, 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 or John Harbaugh, one of these guys uh, uh, stick, sticking around forever. Um, I think he'll, he'll hit the booth at an early age, and, uh, but um, he, he'll be around for a little bit longer. Yeah, it's interesting. Because in the past, you would have to be fired and then you would get a broadcasting job as like a backup, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I got to do something. Now, the broadcasting pay with the TV revenue has gone through the roof. Thanks a lot, Tony Romo. And now, yeah. like, they're poaching prominent top coaches out of the league. We almost lost our GM 
right? Yeah. So John Lynch almost went uh, back, which I think eventually that's where he's going to be. But, you know, he said he wants to win a Super Bowl, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, it, it's a weird, interesting time because – there's so much money in this sport, which is a good thing. Um, and yeah, man, this has been an absolute blast, Tom. You're such a chill person to talk to. I appreciate your nuanced perspectives and not just blatant homerism, which I'm probably much more uh, guilty of than you are. So uh, sorry about that. But uh, no, yeah, no. If you, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. So I, I just was actually curious, uh, curious if it just a quickly, um, you know, it's kind of I went through those those high leverage positions and low leverage positions. Um you know, obviously, you know, I was just trying to think of the 49ers side of it. And if, uh, uh, you know, like a linebacker, um, you know, just signed a, a huge deal. Right. And uh, and some of these positions that the Rams have, you know, very little value for the Niners seem to, to have some more value for. Um, so, you know, I just I would wanted- argue I would argue that they don't they they value leadership and they value developed talent. So if you look at like lesser positions whether that's tight end or linebacker or fullback right which fullback is a little bit of an outlier in this answer but fred warner was a third round pick george kittle was a fifth round pick they played to the top of their position and were able to extend them while in their rookie deals now i would probably argue i'm not sure another extension how that's going to play out because of the cap numbers and all those things 49ers have no cap space as long as jimmy garoppolo is on this roster um but it is interesting because the draft capital would say they don't value those positions at all. I mean, Aziz, he was a undrafted free agent. He's played up to expert. He's played mm-hmm. incredibly. Drake Greenlaw, six round draft pick, but maybe a fifth round. I don't want to be wrong on that. But yeah, it's interesting because the culture that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have created has been a very pro locker room, very pro team friendly, player friendly, like. It's very cohesive. People want to come play there, not as much as LA probably, but much more so than other teams around the league. Now, the issue is with Debo, they set the precedent that they extend players in camp, and that's what they're going to do. And John Lynch has been out there saying over and over and over again, Yeah, we're, you know, we budgeted it for them. We have it in the books. We're going to plan this. But then sometimes you get players that are just impatient and doing all that other stuff. And so we'll have to see. This is a new one because we didn't have this with Kittle. We didn't have this with Warner. We didn't have this with Trent Williams. We didn't have this with those uh, players. So uh, it is a little bit different. I, I do agree with you there. Yeah, he obviously has his, uh, he has an agent that has been cashing in on these wide receivers. And, yeah. um, you know, he's uh, uh, he, he, you know, he's putting himself out there at risk. Too. I mean, this is a guy who, who probably needs to get a, a, a solid contract going into this season, given how much the uh, Shanahan puts him through coming out of the backfield and taking yeah. on, I mean, he's not taking on, uh, he's great at taking on backs at safeties. Um, uh, a lot of, you know, wide receiver, big studly wide receivers are, but he has to take on linebackers and, uh, and <laughs> defensive linemen and, and edges. And uh, he has to get through all of them. And, um, you know, he's taken, so he does a great job at it, obviously. I mean, you know, he's blowing up, certainly blew up our linebackers. That was embarrassing, but, um, but, uh, but, uh, no, he's putting himself at risk. And so I can see why he wants to get paid. 
Right. And uh, he deserves it. He'll get paid. He's got to sign with the Niners. All this stuff we'll laugh about later on. But the Niners have their way of doing things. And, you know, the one time they've been, all right, we're going to move away from this, was the DeForest Buckner trade. Right. And, you know, probably something that our fa- our fans don't want to hear is DeForest Buckner was incredible. By far one of my favorite players that's ever worn the 49ers uniform is that he had deficiencies in the run game. And that was a major issue that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said, we want to get better versus the run. And so that's why that trade took place. Um, and whether that was a successful trade or not, that's a whole nother conversation. Right. It's a different uh, conversation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just the strategy. And I think uh, the, the Niners in, in looking at uh, how the Rams stack up in terms of making use, uh, getting quality snaps, out of rookie deal guys, uh, they're they're by far and away you know lead the league in that category, and and it's out of necessity um, and design. But uh, but the Niners are right there. The Niners had uh, I think seven guys, uh, if I remember that that had more than uh, on rookie deals that had more than fifty percent of the snaps. That's uh, I did um, not know that. Yeah, I think it was a, a lot of guys. It was uh, uh, so well Brunskill. He was out there in, in, in every play, right? And uh, uh, Fred Warner, Ayuk, uh, Bosa, Debo, um, Alshier, and uh, Mosley. So, um, uh, you know, and then a couple other guys, Mitchell and uh, McGlinchey that were in the 40s. So a lot of guys, you got a lot of young guys contributing as well. So the difference is probably that we're intentionally don't resign most of our rookie deal guys because we have to rinse and repeat. We get the comp pick, go back to the draft. Cause we can't pay them. We can't, we just can't pay right. those guys because we're so top heavy. So it's out of design. It's not out of desire. We would love to have kept Joseph day or, or, you know, some of these guys. Right. But um, we just can't afford to pay them middle tier money. It's just not in the, you know, when you're paying Ramsey and Donald and cup and Stafford and so forth and so on. So I think that's the big difference between the two teams. It's you guys get a lot of, a lot of quality rookies draft well, and, and then, um, and then try to resign them. The ones that really work out. And then there's uh, where the Rams intentionally do not resign them. Right. And, and even like our middle tier guys, like obviously Warner Kittle, those guys, you know, they're exceptions. But guys like Kerry Hyder or guys like, you know, DJ Jones, we will offer them deals and we'll say, look, we can pay you this, but we don't offer top dollar. So if you're at the top of your position, 49ers are going to pay you. If yeah. you're not, we can give you a team friendly deal here. If not, we get it. Go make your money. Um, and then uh, even with Kerry Hyder, right? Like he has yeah. eight and a half sacks with us. We say, sorry, man, here's what we can do. No, he goes and gets paid. He's right back with us the next year. So like, yeah, you sure it's grass is green or other places. You got to check you, and make sure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Seattle. Cause we got a comp pick and we got him back on a cheaper deal. <laughs> right. uh, and I wanted him to be successful, just not for Seattle. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's right. So yeah, it's going to be a great year. Let's continue the conversation as things come up and, uh, uh, yeah, it's been great. Thanks for having me. I love it, Tom, man. It, awesome. Again, go follow this guy on Twitter at Ramsbeat. If you want to have legit conversations between rivals, and that's what it's all about, growing the community and being respectful of each other and learning, man, if you just stop and listen, we can all learn some stuff, man, and respect each other. So Tom, thank you. Really appreciate your time, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. Bye-bye. All right. That was John Chapman of the 49ers Rush Podcast and Tom Quartz, a regular guest on this show. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. 
these discussions are just extremely interesting, comparing and contrasting the way these two franchises operate. They learn a little bit more about us. We learn a little bit more about them. All good stuff. Nice to have friends across the NFC West. We're going to have another drop later this week, some insight on the draft from a special guest. And next week, of course, look for our draft roundtable, Tom Quartz, Paul Walia, and myself discussing the draft from the Rams perspective primarily. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at ramsup.com. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It's really appreciated. And one last thank you to John Chapman. Thank you for providing this content for our listeners. And lastly, remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.